Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hey there, friends and faithful listeners. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast this morning or whenever you woke up. Might not be the morning for you, especially if you live in like um, (laughs) like overseas, like all my friends out in England and some of the other people that listen in from the southern hemisphere. I don't know what you what time you guys typically listen in (laughs) might not be the morning. And I always say the morning because uh, this episode airs 6 a.m., where I live. So that's definitely the morning. But thanks for tuning in in the morning or the evening or whenever you are tuning into this episode. But we're going to finish out Numbers chapter 30 today, verses 10 through 16. But before we do that, I'd like to thank everybody for um, listening to the podcast and sending me nice messages. I just love getting your messages. It's so meaningful and uh, it, it makes me want to keep going. Does that make sense? I love when I feel like I'm making an impact because sometimes (laughs) let's be, let's be honest here. I am sitting here in my office, technically talking into a microphone. So I'm talking alone by myself. The only thing that can hear me is my little dog bandit who sits underneath my desk and sleeps while I record episodes. I've trained him to do that. Like he just does it. Like (laughs) even if he's like super hyper, he because he's a Jack Russell Terrier. Even when he's like super hyped up, if I come in here and sit just at my office desk, it's like he has some sort of Pavlovian. Is that what it is? Pavlovian effect where he comes and just lies under the desk and sleeps there every time. And it's really funny. But anyway, he's the only person I'm talking to right now, or rather the only dog I'm talking to right now. So sometimes it makes me feel kind of like, what am I doing to actually help people? So when I get messages or when I see growth in the podcast, that's very um, meaningful to me. But not only is it for me, because it's, it's really not. What I am so excited about is the fact that you guys are actively taking time to tune in to a biblical podcast every day. That is you taking steps towards growth. And I love growth. I think growth is awesome. So thank you all for tuning in and for sending me nice messages. And if you would like to send me a message, go over to Facebook, facebook.com slash P40 Ministries, and you can send me a message there. But also while you're on the Facebook page, just hit that little like button because I do post on Facebook, um at least a couple times a week, I'd say. And I I post updates. I show you guys pictures. I do some stuff on Facebook. So if you're interested in following the Facebook page, definitely go over there to the P40 Ministries Facebook page and like it and follow it. And you can stay in the loop with that. Or otherwise, you can go over to the um, website, p40ministries.com, and you can subscribe to the email list there. Also, I try to send a couple emails a month. Uh, I don't always do that. I don't, but I try to do it. And you can stay updated there as well. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, let's go ahead and read Numbers chapter 30, verses 10 through 16. I'll be reading at the WEB version this morning. 
If she vowed in her husband's house or bound her soul by a bond with an oath and her husband heard it and held his peace at her and didn't disallow her, then all of her vows shall stand and every pledge with which she bound her soul shall stand. But if her husband made them null and void in that day that he heard them, then whatever proceeded out of her lips concerning her vows or concerning the bond of her soul shall not stand. Her husband has made them void. Yahweh will forgive her. Every vow and every binding oath to afflict the soul, her husband may establish it or her husband may make it void. But if her husband says nothing to her from day to day, then he establishes all of her vows or all of her pledges which are on her. He has established them because he said nothing to her in the day that he heard them. But if he makes them null and void after he has heard them, then he shall bear her iniquity. These are the statutes which Yahweh commanded Moses between a man and his wife, between a father and his daughter, being in her youth in her father's house. Okay, so if you guys listened into Wednesday's podcast episode, you'll kind of understand a little bit more what we're talking about today. We talked about women making vows. We talked about why this is not a misogynistic thing, even though people like to claim that sometimes. We talked a little bit about the um, role of a husband and a wife in a marriage relationship and how a husband is supposed to be the head of the household. So I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on that today. And me being a woman, I suppose, <laughs> it's weird for me to think of myself as a woman. I'm not even joking. It feels like just a couple of years ago I was in high school, but actually I was in high school over 10 years ago, like 11 years ago. No, I guess it, but yeah, yeah, 11 years ago, because technically I'm supposed to be celebrating my uh, 10 year anniversary, Anna, no, <laughs> 10 year high school reunion. That's what it is this year. But anyway, as a woman who is married to a husband, I can understand some of the frustration that women might have with, with some of this stuff. I can totally understand that. There's always going to be a power struggle. And actually, I think that is part of the curse on women. It kind of says in the the Bible at the very beginning when the curses happened that a woman was going to desire her husband. Depending on the version that you read out of, it could say she will want to rule over her husband, but he will be the head of her. And uh, personally, I don't know if that's the best translation of that, though I do agree that there are many women out there who want to wear the pants in the relationship, including myself at times. But mainly what I think that really means is that the woman is going to desire her husband is the fact that the woman, women just want their husbands. <laughs> women want to be married. They want to uh, have that lovey-dovey relationship. I mean, if you guys have ever seen any chick flicks or... Any stuff that uh, specifically panders to women, you will see that there are usually several guys that want one woman. And it's always a lot of love triangles and all that garbage. And uh, that panders to women. Women like the idea of several men being attracted to them. And I'm not going to lie, I enjoy a good love triangle now and again, and <laughs> I enjoy a good uh, romance. But 
for the most part, that is what women desire. And I'm not going to say every woman desires that. There's definitely exceptions to the rule. But that is why there are so many things that specifically are for women that kind of talk about that very subject, about a woman finding her Prince Charming and uh, getting married to him and basically living happily ever after with this guy. And so, um, so women desire that kind of relationship. But because of the sin nature it's always going to be flawed. It's never going to be this perfect marriage relationship like people like to depict on those chick flicks. It's just not going to be like that because men are flawed. Women are flawed. And so when you put two flawed people together, there's going to be flaws in that relationship. And I do believe that is, in fact, part of the curse. So I've struggled a handful of times. I'm not going to lie over the years with thinking the Bible is misogynistic. Thankfully, as I began this podcast and me doing my research, um, I feel like sometimes these episodes teach me a lot personally because I have to research. I have to really think about things in a different way than if I'm just like going through and reading it for myself. Sometimes I don't think about it Uh, the same way. But several years ago, before I began this podcast, I was a very different person in a very different state of life, in a very different uh, state of faith also. Basically, I, I barely had any. I did, for most of my life actually, most of my adult life, believe that the Bible was misogynistic towards women. I was very offended by verses that say that the man is the head of the house and the women need to submit. That did offend me. But like I said, as I started to research this podcast more, for some reason, um, and I'm very thankful that for this, and I'm not bragging about this at all, I do believe that God has given me an amount of wisdom to be able to present the this podcast the way he wants me to present it. And um, that sounds so arrogant, and I don't mean to say that arrogantly, but I do believe that the Holy Spirit is with me and he guides me and gives me wisdom to say what needs to be said. And I think that I have gained in understanding, I suppose, of how much God loves women. And so when I read this stuff now, I don't think of it as misogynistic at all. And I've been married now for coming up eight years to my husband. And, um, You know, we've had our bumps in the road for sure, like any marriage relationship will. And we've had our our fights, our arguments, and we still do. But because my husband is growing in the Lord, and I am also growing in the Lord, I have a better understanding of what a healthy marriage relationship, healthy biblical marriage relationship uh, is supposed to look like. Because now, as my husband and I grow together, we are beginning to move into that point of a healthier marriage relationship, the way the Bible kind of talks about where the man is the head over the woman and the woman is meant to be the helper to the man. And I'm not going to get too much into that now, but I do think That when you do things biblically, even if it sounds wrong to you, even if you don't want to be that helper person, I'm talking to the women right now, even if you don't want to be that helper, 
when you do things biblically and finally let go of that um, pride, which was what it was for me when I believed that basically the Bible was wrong and treating women incorrectly, when I let go of that, things start falling into place a lot better for me and in my relationship also. And all of a sudden, my husband and I were beginning to see eye to eye on more things. I was not as upset with him. A lot of the times we were getting into less fights. And overall, our relationship was and is just in a healthier state. When I started allowing my husband to take that leadership role, if that makes sense. And honestly, I'm very, very happy (laughs) not having to make decisions because I am one of the worst decision makers you will ever meet. I'm not even joking. Like if you ask me where I want to go to dinner, if we're, uh, let's say you and I are going out somewhere. If you ask me like, hey, Jen, where do you want to go out to dinner? I would be like, oh, you choose. Like, I, I don't know, pick whatever you want. And I would have to mull it over for like a solid 10 minutes before I finally choose something. If you insist on like making me choose the restaurant we go to, I'm that bad. And I know a lot of women that are also (laughs) that bad with decision making. Not all of them. I know plenty also that make uh, very good decisions. But taking that burden off of the woman in the relationship to not have to worry about making the big and hard decisions, like real decisions, not just like restaurants, but like true life changing decisions. It's kind of nice and it's also kind of freeing to sort of put that burden on your husband. (laughs) And that's sort of what God is talking about here. He's kind of just putting this burden that the wife takes on herself God's putting it onto the husband because once this husband and wife are married and the wife decides she wants to make a vow to God. And like I've said, the vow was one of the ways that people would have a relationship with God. It would be their way of trying to uh, establish a relationship with God by fulfilling some sort of promise to him. Or sometimes it was a God, if you do this for me, I'll do Uh, that for you, basically. So it could go either way. Vows happened quite a bit and women were no exception. Women were given the freedom to be able to make vows, something that was uh, likely unheard of before before any of this, as women had very little um, rights at all. So this woman, when she ends up making a vow and when the husband ends up hearing about it, because he would hear about it, through the wife (laughs) changing something uh, that she's doing, because typically a vow uh, included denying oneself. So, of course, this husband is going to begin to notice when his wife is denying herself something. It says that the husband can, when he hears them, he can make them void, those vows or vow that the wife took. He can make it uh, void right then and there. And that would free the woman of both the vow and of the guilt that would happen when a person broke a vow. She would be totally 100% in the clear. And that would be if the husband hears about this vow basically right away and says, no, I'm making this null and void. You're not doing that, basically. The woman would be freed of that. 
But here's what happens. If the husband hears about the vow and doesn't say anything or is just like, yeah, go ahead, whatever. And the woman uh, continues with this vow. It is now on the woman. If she ends up breaking that vow herself, that would be on her. That guilt would be on her for breaking a promise to God. However, if down the line, say, let's say two months later, the husband is no longer very happy with the vow his wife made, (laughs) but he didn't say anything when she initially took that vow and he knew about it. It says at this point in verse 15, if he makes them null and void after he has heard about them, he shall bear her iniquity. I find that really interesting. Um, that <laughs> the the guilt is literally on the husband at this point. And so he is the one that ends up being the person who is basically taking on her sin. And this is not uncommon throughout scripture where the husband has some amount of blame for how his wife responds to things or reacts to things. There's a verse later on that I think it's in first or second Peter that says that the husband needs to present his wife to God without spot and without blemish. So in other words, it's not just the wife that needs to be basically in the um, the follower role and be a good follower of her husband, but the husband needs to be a good leader. He needs to be a good leader. And I have seen instances of marriage relationships where the husband is in total control of everything. And let me just tell you, I do not believe that those husbands are going to be presenting their wives without spot or blemish to God. So there's a lot of responsibility placed on the husband to make sure that his wife is growing properly in the Lord. The wife being a total slave Not only is it anti-biblical, but that is not allowing her to properly have the freedom to worship God the way she needs to. And that kind of thing will be the fault of the husband if the husband is being a very, very poor leader. So, yes, I believe 100% that marriage relationships are created to be very, very equal in nature. But just that the husband and the wife have different roles together but one end goal, which is to glorify God together. Well, faithful listeners, thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe gained a little bit of insight into marriage. And hopefully I um, brought this idea into a different light about biblical marriage. And you know what? Um, I don't have all the answers. Certainly I am not perfect and my marriage relationship is not perfect, but I do believe that Um, As long as you are putting Christ at the center of everything, especially your marriage relationships, things will begin to fall into place. I do believe that. And so that is what I encourage you guys to think about and to do throughout the week is just to put God first. But friends, don't forget about the Adore devotional 
that I will be coming out with at the very, very beginning of October. So it will be coming out in the next two weeks. So stay tuned for that. Get a copy for your daughter or any other teenager that you know, and uh, stay tuned for that for sure. But anyway, guys, I hope you just have a great rest of your weekend and that you have uh, nice weather and just a really relaxing Saturday and Sunday. I'll see you Monday morning. Happy listening and God bless.